Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So binge watching, I mean, I don't think we need to get an opening statement from either of you. Are you going to the bathroom? No, I'm going to the bathroom, yeah. <laughs> Should we take a brief pause? We'll take a brief pause. Hello and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we try to work out whether they're worthy of the hype. They're likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name's Will and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Hugh. Hello, Will. How are you? Oh, I'm, I regret that intro. The, I thought it was fine, but then the Hugh bit, I thought it would sound cool and I think it sounded bleak and I think it sounded out of tune even though there wasn't a melody. Yeah, that's always a rough... That that really shows a lack of musical ability, doesn't it? When you're out of tune, when you're not even singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, otherwise than that, I'm doing good, Hugh. I'm just, I'm just back, fresh off, fresh off the daisies, as they say. Uh, from that a, means a week you're stand. dead? Does that mean you're no, dead? No, fresh off the daisies. Oh, off yeah, the yeah, daisies, fresh off okay. Them. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've been running over dead people. Very good. And yeah, you've been jet-setting as a international actor. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say playboy, but I'll settle for actor. Yeah, I was put up in a hotel for a week in Slovenia because I was doing a shoot out there. Well, I mean, a male person who acts surely is a playboy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who that's offensive to, but probably someone. So I'm going to say, oh, no, don't endorse that. Um, I stayed in a hotel, and we, we were talking about this just before the podcast, which is why it's it's come up. But it sort of sort of feels relevant because I mm-hmm. basically I ate in a week. I think like twenty hash browns. Okay. And did you eat anything else for breakfast or just hash browns? Well, I, I didn't realize I had like a problem with hash browns until I sat down with one of the other actors who I'd just like properly met then. And he, he looked at my plate and then looked at me and he was like, are you like, are you carb loading for something? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, this is just, that's what, just what I chose. That's the dietary choice that I made. Uh, this no one would eat the meals you eat unless they need to do something to their body, basically. Yeah, that, that requires extra energy stored up in the... <laughs> and I do feel when I'm, when I'm rating a hotel in my, in my mind, it's always, it comes down to the breakfast. The breakfast for me is the most important part. Obviously, you want a comfy bed, okay. you know, you want a nice room, but it's all about the breakfast. It's got to be what, a buffet. Yeah, it's got to be. So a it's got to be a buffet yeah, because sure. you've got to be able to make your money back. You know, whatever you're paying for a hotel, you have to be able to say, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it count when it comes to the breakfast." <laughs> yeah. So eat like twenty hash browns within five days. Well, here's the thing, Will. Right, and yeah. everyone's gonna say I'm wrong because I obviously want to get an enormous amount out of the breakfast, and yet I avoid the sort of the classic uh, fry uh, foods at the breakfast. So are you just like, are you? Let me let me have a guess. Mm-hmm. Plain bread, a lot of bread. Yeah. Um. Some fruit. A lot of fruit. Yeah. 
and maybe if you're feeling spicy, a bit of yogurt and water. Yeah, bit of yogurt there, bit of uh, some some juices, maybe some nice juices at breakfast. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. No, if if it's offering, if it's got one of those, if it's got one of those big orange machines that sends all the oranges thundering through and makes me feel actually very sad because it looks so wasteful. And I know it's not <laughs> because they are getting everything out, but it just you you know you put your glass under and you're like I've just seen seventeen oranges be destroyed to make this glass of juice for me. Yeah, they they do like it feels like a bit a bit like a roller coaster for the oranges, but mm. it ends in death. It feels it does those machines feel sinister? Like imagine being an orange sitting out nearby them. I have to admit that I think all roller coasters end in death, which is why I've never been on one. So. Okay, that, I mean, data-wise, that doesn't work, does it? Like, no. I've been on a roller coaster and I'm still here. But I do see what you mean. It's scary. So you say. There's, I mean, it's going to be an episode of the podcast at some point. But... Yeah, I think also we need to talk about breakfast and hotel breakfasts and hotels generally. So we've just... I, I would true. use the word spaffed a load of content. Oh, I'd never use that. No? No. You wouldn't say spaffed? Uh, I, I also, pastries as well. A lot of pastries, you know? Oh, we're still... Yeah, yeah we're still yeah. on it. Okay. We're still working way through Hugh's breakfast. Oh, it's your ideal. Also, what does intercontinental mean? Like uh, continental breakfast. Is that what it is? Intercontinental. Which one? Intercontinental is, it? is a hotel chain. Uh, continental right? is the breakfast. Well, doesn't continental mean. <laughs> Someone have a guess where we'll stay? <laughs> yeah. Very fancy. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't paying, baby. Doesn't a continental breakfast mean like. Uh, like. I was yeah, coffee, and, on... coffee and, and, and rolls or a bit of pastry, maybe. Yeah, like stuff you can get on a continent, which is everything. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of continent, but also the person who will definitely know what a continental breakfast is, is our producer, Anya. Hello, Anya. Hi, I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I, when, Do you, when you know. said... I thought you'd start talking about croissant and other no, things. No, when you said intercontinental, all I could think of was intercontinental ballis- ballistics or missiles. Right. So, you know, okay. not the hotel change. Um, I, I don't know. Is it is it... Wait, are those ballistic missiles like? Are they sponsored by Intercontinental? They're like five star missiles. Well, maybe they're not Intercontinental. What do you what what are they called? Oh, no, they're they are called Intercontinental, they, they, are they? They do talk about that if they can go from yeah North Korea to America. Just to pick an example at random. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought Continental was a, euphemi- a euphemism for, for French. Yeah, croissant and a coffee. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's quite. I think it's quite basic. It wouldn't include all the trimmings. That I, I, I would like to say something though. Um, I, I I would say sorry. I do sometimes have a couple of boiled eggs with my breakfast, but there you are. I was that important interrupting on you for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want people to get the wrong idea about what I eat for breakfast. <laughs> I I I I I, I, very, I love when a hotel has a really 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 good breakfast, but I'm not a huge mm. fan of a hotel breakfast. I think you never feel good after it. Yeah, no, I felt. Yeah. I feel terribly emotionally and I would rather get one like maybe maybe a fruit salad and a juice or whatever and then one hot plate so you know your like your eggs your avocado and eggs or your whatever but the I mean, you can do that I think but it's not the same because you're gonna go up there and get all your extras and suddenly you're you're I think what people don't do is they don't take enough time over it if you're on a holiday you need to be able to commit I'm going I mean when you're at home you sit down for breakfast and you have your breakfast in 10 or 15 minutes you know Whereas you want to, when you're away, you need to say, no, I'm committing 70 minutes to this breakfast, you know, <laughs> and then you can work your way through things and wrap a few things up to take back to the room for later. I knew you were going to be one of those. Do you wrap up your yogurt, take it back with you? Mm, well, I mean, if you have, obviously, if you have a fridge <laughs> Just in dunk the room, it into a napkin. Uh, I mean, I absolutely wrap things in napkins, bread, croissants. If there's some nice little breakfasty muffins, I'd like that. I, to be honest, I'm now just thinking of the I'm hotel starving. breakfast I had um, around New Year, and it was amazing. Yeah, I, I do. No, I do. I think I think it's a good marker of how good a hotel is if there is a good breakfast. But I um, I like when they have a, a comprehensive order to your table setup, and it reminds me for some reason there's an amazing Chinese restaurant near me where the buffet is order only, and you can just order as much as you want. Isn't that incredible? I I. I don't understand. Isn't, isn't that like the opposite of a but buffet? So you pay like whatever it is, 15 euro, and it's all you can eat, but it's not a buffet. You order the food and it's all freshly cooked. See, I suppose the only issue with that is shame. whether or not guilt or shame comes into play. Uh, it's, I've you never know? found it a, an issue, I have to say. <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, you know, I come to play. Uh, but I suppose I should tell you what we're, maybe what we're here to actually do. Yeah, and all the people who clicked on <laughs> binge watching are now like, 
Why are we talking about hotel breakfasts? Well, you know, well, I, I don't, I don't. That's a good point. <laughs> to be fair, that's a very good point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, but I will tell you what we're here to do, which is to talk about uh, <laughs> the, the practice of binge watching, um, which I suppose we could loosely define as the practice of watching entertainment for a prolonged time span. Um, usually when it's a single television show that you're that you're rattling through and the internet has loads of different definitions of what constitutes um, uh, binge watching but uh, Netflix did a survey in 2014 where they said 73% of people define binge watching this is very loose as watching between two to six episodes of the same TV show in one sitting which I think is ridiculous because two episodes that's that's just a little amuse-bouche you know you can't binge on amuse-bouche no, that's just a little taste. I like that you called binge watching a practice. That feels like very, <laughs> very grand for what it is. Yeah, yeah. But it is kind of actually acting like a, a gremlin, I suppose, where you're just retreating into a little cave. Mm, to... There's no active involvement. No, no. Um, so I suppose we might crack into a, a little a little, little quiz. Um, mm. And I think we should start with something that's always fascinated me, which is when did Netflix start mailing their DVDs? What year? that's so weird Ooh. it's so it's such a weird it's so thing. weird i mean like are we I, I was just gonna pick a nice round year and pick like 2000 but yeah i don't know i mean will have you ever met anyone who ordered dvds from netflix by mail uh, yeah yeah uh, my my good friend matt bruff's house <laughs> i remember seeing a uh no, no, he's laughing at that. I said, I have a friend. Leave me alone. He's a good friend. I just have sounds friends. like you made yeah. up his name because you looked around your room, saw a brush and said, you live in a house. So you said, yeah, Matt Brush House. Yeah. <laughs> his name. His name, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is going nowhere. He had, he, yeah, he used to get them. Their family used to get them. And I was like, what's that? That's it. Okay, so when did they get them? Come on, we've info here. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Well, I was like, I was probably like 14 or 15. Okay, so like 2017 or something like that. Wait, how Will's old am I? very young. I was born in um, 1991, Hugh. Do the math. Yeah, okay, so 2005. But it's got to have happened before Matt started getting them. Like, Unless Matt was the first ever customer. Oh, sorry. He founded Netflix. Scoop. Sorry. Did I not explain that? He's in, Yeah, that's how I know him. Yeah. And he still made his family order DVDs yeah. through the... Well, I guess you got to support your brand. Get high off your own supply, he always mm. said. So your guesses are... Uh, 2000. Yeah. 2000. Well, it was actually 1998 when they actually started renting them, right? And what oh. is absolutely crazy about this is that at the time, VHS still dominated the market and only 2% of American households had DVD players. Uh, so it was a huge gamble by the founders. Oh. And uh, I think within a couple of years, 95% of all households had a DVD player. But at the time, it was a competitor to the video shop, the video or video rentals. Yeah. Video rental stores, you'd say yourself, you. As I would. Where did when did you get your first DVD player on you? Any idea? Well, in the thousands, I would have thought. Yeah, I know. I was definitely still. I mean, this is the most Hugh O'Connor sentence I've ever said. I was definitely still videoing episodes of Countdown off the TV <laughs> um, in two thousand and four. So really, I yeah, mm. I uh... I used to set the video to record while I was at school, and I'd come home from school, and you know, you're sixteen, like you just wanna, you know, Kick back. get stuck into. Yeah, bit of countdown. Uh, I think I've told you this before. One of the weirdest things about our local there was like an exhibition, but there was also like an like a like a local video shop, right? Mm. From like a an independent one, and um, it was just such a weird place. But the strange thing about it was it had a porn section. I mean, I I don't know that that's unusual though. Is is that not? Did they all have? I mean, maybe them? they I did. But so you'd be like, there'd be like the horror, um, and you see, so we'd go in on a Friday. Uh, to pick a video and then there'd be like kids movies and it was adult but the adult section the vi- the videos weren't the the vhs had the spines out rather than the, the mm. full full frontal as it were and i think as a child i thought that there was like there was kids movies and then there was adults movies yeah yeah the piano <laughs> there was there was obviously <laughs> it was obviously very normal for people to just um Doing a roaring trade, renting porn, North Kildare. So yeah. so strange. Maybe you're right. Maybe that was completely commonplace, but it definitely wasn't a thing in extra vision. I think the weirdest part was at my local adult video store. They sold kids' films as well. <laughs> there was like a kids section at the back. They reversed it so you could get Peter Pan if you were. And like, but the guy behind the counter would say, "No, no, we don't have any." But then, as soon as someone left the shop, he'd be like, "Okay, come here, come here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. 
pull the curtain back to all the wholesome films. Yeah, all the I've got a whole load of Pixar in the back. So anyway, so Netflix, um, they moved towards then streaming in two thousand seven, which is actually way earlier than I thought. But up until then, they did a roaring trade in this thing of renting DVDs by getting them posted to you, which is so and then you have to post them back it's so strange i don't know how that could possibly have been convenient for anybody but yeah. i guess at the time it would have seemed kind of mind-blowing when you had to previously go to a vhs store so um our second one so when did the euphemism netflix and chill enter the mainstream what year that's very recent and it's even much more recent that i realized that it was a euphemism um, oh, so I think I I mean I feel like I feel like 2017 maybe you turned into a kettle briefly there Hugh didn't you <laughs> yeah. um, what's what's your thought thought Will I would have I I think it, yeah I I was gonna I was gonna say 2017 I think it happened just after it's it's a kind of terrible phrase that would have happened post Brexit and Trump oh wow very dark no it was actually 2014 it's earlier probably than we realized what yeah um, everything is earlier than you realize it's like when people say oh when did google start and you're like 1952 yeah exactly you know i remember when it was just blockbuster and shag and now it's all this Netflix and chill nonsense. No, thank you. Blockbuster and shag. I don't think I've ever been in a blockbuster. Were they taking Ireland here? Yeah, there was one near enough to me. Yeah. Oh, well, hang on, no. Now maybe I'm thinking of maybe I'm thinking of what became Chartbusters. Was that a Blockbusters first? Chartbusters was, was a weird one because it was DVD and tanning. Tanning beds, beds. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. What? Yeah. What? What? Yeah, that was their combination. <laughs> that is that is complicated. Did you ever go? Uh, not to the tanning beds. Definitely got a couple of DVDs. That have a but... real smack of like kind of Dell boy, like some guy who was like, yeah. Oh, I've gotten fifty tanning beds off the back of a truck. What are you gonna yeah. do? Just combine it with my existing yeah. business, right? Um, okay, so our our last question. <laughs> Sorry, no, I have more. How was this shop set up? Like, were there tanning beds in the aisles? Like, wh- where it was what it sounds beds? like. I remember it. I think that you went in and it was like a classic extra vision. But then I think you could go up to the man at the desk and either rent Saving Private Ryan for three days or. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a go into the back room to oil yourself up on the tanning bed, right? I, I think that's how I think that was how they worked. Yeah, yeah, it me. sounded more mysterious in my head, but actually, when you explain it, it's pretty. It makes sense. Tanning beds are yeah, so I mean, strange. Well, I feel I feel most retail-based businesses probably don't have that much mystery to them, you know. No, I guess not. Yeah, how does a greengrocer's work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if a green go- grocer's had like a nail salon in the back, I'd be like, yeah, why did like you put those flotation two tanks? Yeah, yeah, it's like you could accidentally stumble. You could be like, oh, I'm going in for a DVD, and then be like, but you know, I actually will get tanned. Or you could just turn a corner and be like, I'm going to the adult section, and then you find some adults oiled up and getting yeah. in a big box. <laughs> okay, so if you were going to binge watch the entire U.S. Office, um, how long would it take you? And I'll take a rough approximation for this. I mean, I... In one setting. Will, yeah, I, I, I feel I know some numbers here already, but there's about 200 episodes. There's a, it's like 206 or 203 or something like that. And so and most about 20 of them, minutes, 21 most minutes. Most of them are 20 minutes, but then there are some that are longer. I'd say there's probably... There's, there's a handful of ones that are... There's a couple of 30-minute ones and there's a handful of, like, 40-minute ones. So yeah, I'd yeah. say... So a 200 by 20 would be 4,000. Let's add on another 500. 4,500 minutes. All right, the listeners are going to love this. I'm doing a bit of maths here. Hugh, what you could do is pretend to do the maths and then just Google how long is the whole... That's a good point. Uh, three days. Three days. 75 hours. So three days and three hours. That's my guess. It was it was it was gamely done, but it's actually four days and three hours. But I would have taken four days. Mm, yeah, okay, but yeah, it's a, okay. it's a long, a long hour. Whole stint. day off. Yeah, the West Wing is around six days for for reference. It'll take you around six days to get through. And so what I thought, rather than asking for for an opening statement on on, uh, I just wanted to know what was your first experience of I suppose non binge watching, so scheduled TV watching. What was the first thing that you were you were into? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I do remember when 
I started watching The Simpsons, um, and obviously to listeners under 25, they will just know The Simpsons as a bad TV show, you know, whereas it <laughs> obviously was just, I mean, it was, it was, it's still a, a phenomenon, I presume, but it was so, it was such an incredible, I suppose it was our first, one of the first bits of American TV that we were getting. I suppose I hadn't watched Friends, but like, if you were in school, Monday morning was always, did you see the new Simpsons episode? And there was a new Simpsons episode every Sunday at 6.30, I think. So I feel tuning in on Sundays for The Simpsons was definitely the first thing I remember of being like, that's that's the show I have to watch, and that's when I watched I it. I wasn't allowed to watch it, and do you want to know why? Well, I wasn't allowed to watch it until secondary school, but... Because of the burping in it. <laughs> my parents are so funny. I know. My mum, my mum didn't like the animation. <laughs> like, it freaks me out. I don't like. It. I don't know what it is. It just freaks me out. But they were like fine them. with all the very explicit sexual references in it. I, I don't. I, yeah. I don't know what it was. My mum thought it was just very crass, like that. You know, Barney would. Yeah, would, Barney Burke. Yeah. yeah, I think she obviously had seen four minutes of it once and was like, "This is disgusting." <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. I didn't encounter moral panic like it until. I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the next thing that, which I mean, probably was a bit raunchier than The Simpsons. But yeah, that was why, you know, yeah, if you wanted to watch, I mean, I remember being brought to the cinema to see Michael Collins. I mean, that's a very upsetting <laughs> yeah. graphic film with a lot of ah, violence. But that's an important historical To film. be fair though, Michael Collins didn't burp in that film, so. What about you, Will? What was your early? I have really fond memories of my mum and I sitting down on a Wednesday or, and then subsequently a Thursday night every week watching Desperate Housewives. Oh. That was like my, f- I really like, I really cherish that time. It was really nice. And I remember that very distinctly. But I think, I think also like the watching something every week, like I was, I've never been very good at scheduling is what I've discovered by thinking about this. Cause I used, I used to watch stuff, but I just, whatever was on when it was on, I would watch. Mm. And like, I remember when we first got like cable TV or whatever it was. And it like, and some of my friends would have Sky TV, and I was like, God, I wish we had Sky so bad. And then we got like NTL Home, uh, and we got all the channels, and I'd like watch MythBusters, and I'd watch The Simpsons, but I didn't have regular slots when I watched mm. them. But Desperate Housewives, I think, was the first one that I sat down and watched. And then when streaming became a thing, what was the first thing that you uh, been properly binge watched in the sense that we now understand it? Well, here's the thing: I'm not sure that I've. I have binge watched a couple of things, but I don't really do no, six episodes. You're a controlled you man. Know? I'm controlled, yeah. <laughs> and, and I like, even because I remember when I watched The Sopranos, so I kind of thought. I watched I'd, it in 15 miss... minute slots every week. <laughs> no, but I got, the D- I got the DVDs and I pretty much sort of just watched one a night, you know? And then there were occasionally episodes that ended. Now, they're good hour long episodes, you know, but there were occasionally ones yeah. that ended so tantalizingly that I would watch another but I did I kind of just wanted to stretch it out you know um, I, I mean there's a couple of shows like you know that Ricky Gervais show Afterlife mm. which I didn't everyone's talking about again I thought it only had the one season I watched that first season in one sitting you know all six episodes or whatever and uh, and also uh, probably one of the first things that I've ever watched through was um, friend of the podcast Connor uh, I was in his house one night and we were looking for something to watch on Netflix and we came across this show called Kingdom, which <laughs> was, uh, uh, I suppose you'd call it a drama, although that suggests that there's drama in it. But it was Stephen Fry playing a Norfolk solicitor in a small town in Norfolk. And <laughs> it was kind of like Midsummer Murders, but with no murders. Like it was incredibly, and, and we watched it all. We want we watched the entire first season of it because we, we didn't want it to beat us. At the end of every episode, we thought, no, what's going on here? Though there must be something more to this show, and as it turns out, I don't think there was. And the first season, that's six hours of television. Yeah, yeah. I think we started at at ten p.m. and finished at four a.m. Oh wow! That's a, that is that's a proper. A proper binge. Uh, what was your first binge watch, Will, when, when streaming came for us? I think it was Breaking Bad. I think, af- I was, and I was a little bit late to the party, but everyone was like, you got to watch this. And I think it was when I was at drama school and there was one weekend where I just like, I watched as much of it as I could. And uh, I remember it was one of the first times that I sat and drank quite a lot of whiskey on my own as well. 
because I'd been bought a bottle of whiskey for my birthday that was in my room. And I was like, I'm going to watch this Breaking Bad thing and was utterly gripped. And you know, when you're like Jones in for more of it and you're mm. like, oh, I, I want to go to sleep, but I want to watch the rest of it. Mm. What, like, when can I get home to watch that again? So properly binged it. Orange is the New Black is another one for me, Anya. You put me onto that whenever that came out. And that was definitely... Did you binge that? Well, again, I... I... No, no, I mean, I watched an, an episode or two a night. I watched that but... over a weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you absolutely could. You absolutely... And in fact, I think one of the later seasons, I think the Riot season, which is like season five or something, I think that one I probably did binge because the whole season is set over like three so, days. So this is one thing I wanted to say was that one of the kind of pros for binge watching is that you become very immersed in the world. So something like a prison drama, mm. you do kind of get the effect of the kind of claustrophobia because you're, you're, you're so in the world. But mm. then the flip side is you kind of can end up spending a lot of time in an artificial world rather than actually doing something with, with your own life. But do you guys enjoy the sense of being really suddenly totally into this 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 world? Nope. Yeah, I don't nope. think I do that. I mean, I don't think... <laughs> I think I'm always very conscious of where I actually am. Yeah. But... <laughs> I, I do that, but it makes me feel yeah. bad. It makes me feel like uh, uh like unmotivated, undisciplined, and it's like you get yourself into a hole, and you're just like, oh, well, it's, I could watch it. Like I watched like maybe six episodes of the US Office yesterday, mm. and it, it's just hard to pull yourself out of it sometimes. Yeah, well, I think it depends on maybe what it is. Like I've been catching up on The Handmaid's Tale the last few days. Like my dreams last night were awful. Because I went straight from watching yeah. something that's so dark and miserable, you know? Yeah. But also, I, I mean, the, the binge... Like, I do... I do like being able to, to savour a show, I guess. You know, I do like being able to have it to look forward to for a week or two yeah. rather than for, for two days. Do you, you do know? that with and books? Even like, um... No, you, you brush your teeth and eat your breakfast with a book in your hand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you binge when I'm on, the heck out of books. When I'm on holidays, I binge. I binge through books. Like I get through books very quickly. But but you see, there's always you know there are always so many more good books to come. Whereas that's not necessarily the case with TV. You know, I know there's a lot of stuff out there that I haven't seen. But like, there's not that many unbelievable. Well, TV is is shows there a there. better feeling of getting really into something after someone's been telling you about it and then realizing you love it, but that there's like nine seasons to go. And you can just really yeah. Although settle that in. is the thing that puts you off starting. It, yeah, you see, yeah. Is the problem. Like that's so why I kind of thought I'm not going to watch The Sopranos because when am I going to be able to watch seven seasons of you know this show? Whereas once you do start, yeah, it's great, mm. um, and you don't want to you don't want to go back out. But yeah, yeah. I feel like it sort of sucked. I, I I'm very bad at retaining information as it is, but like I feel like when you watch it all in one big sitting. It all feels like it blurs into one. Yeah, but even like I've been, I've been watching uh, Get Back, you know, the Beatles documentary that Peter Jackson made. Yeah, and it's absolutely incredible. And obviously, I'm a big Beatles fan. Um, but like, I yeah, I I know I've been like, you know, I've been reading people and listening to people who are sort of saying, oh yeah, you know, I watched all eight hours in one day or whatever. And I'm like, you you're just not gonna get as much out of it that way. I feel you know, and particularly if you're. Like so, it's so good and there's so much in it, and yet, like, is it not better to break it up a bit? Well, that is a great know? question. I was just about yeah. to ask. So you know when Adele's album came out, she got onto Spotify, and you can't shuffle her album basically, so it has to be listened to uh-huh. in the in the order. And the argument being that, like, you know, when songwriters do albums like a book, the chapters are in an order because that's the way it's meant to be. Like, do you think that TV yeah. now is is designed to be binged? Uh, yeah, I think I think definitely like, and it's even you do see like I know I think like when Orange is the New Black, which was one of Netflix's first big shows, like they would release the entire season. I know other like I think when The Last Dance, which was the Michael Jordan documentary, which is incredible, when that was released, I think they released it one episode at a time. You know, and I sort of mm. feel, to be honest, I <laughs> like I like the theory that Adele is going for there mm. in that like I do think it's cool to have an album that is an album as opposed to just a collection of songs at the same time don't you tell me how to listen to music yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like if I want to listen to it in an al- as an album I will you know and most people will the first time they listen to it anyway you know so but I do approve of the, the theory of it but I think it's a bit much you know come on Adele yeah me too yeah I yeah. do think it was interesting when I watched Breaking Bad because I was late to it too and 
the bit that got... I think it's more that I'm pleased to be able to go from one season to another season. Like, waiting a year or eight months for something is the mental yeah, part. Yeah. And even in Breaking Bad, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, the, the, the final season break, I remember I didn't realise, because I think they split the season into two, and I didn't realise there was a break there, mm. and I genuinely could not believe that there had been a break where there was a break. I was like, no, that can't be right. They couldn't have left people there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the pe- people <laughs> who have seen it will know what it is, you know, and it's unbelievable. And I think, like, like the last show that I watched kind of as it came out and, and, and waited for the week, well, there was Westworld, but I gave up on that halfway through season two. The first season was great, and then it kind of... Oh, no, went off the rails. Yeah. But it was Game of Thrones. Because I didn't watch Game of Thrones when it came out first. And then I caught up around, I think when there were four seasons out, um, I I caught up and watched all of them. And then I watched the final four seasons, <laughs> the much worse four seasons, um, week to week. But it was quite interesting. Now, sometimes I would I would record them and maybe watch two in a go, you know. But that was, it's, it's funny to be in 2019 and actually still be waiting for something to come on TV at eight o'clock, you know. And then now... If somebody says, have you watched Game of Thrones and you're halfway through it, you have to do that thing, which is... Yeah. And my dad doesn't have any... Were you, were you saying shut up in Morse code? Then? Yeah, yeah, basically. But my dad has no appreciation of... He just he wouldn't care if you spoiled something for him. So he is just... You just have to be so careful or you'll hear something like he dies in the end. You know, there are those people who don't understand. It's not that they don't understand that people don't want things to be spoiled. It's that they don't understand what a spoiler is even, you know, like I remember having recorded the Super Bowl and gone in to work the following day. And I knew there was one person who I needed to just get to and say, listen, I'm going to watch the game tonight. So please don't tell me anything. And he said to me, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a great game. It's a great game. I was like, OK, perfect. Yeah, that's fine. You know, and he was like, got to tell you, though watch it all the way to the end and i was like what what are you like what, what? like why do you feel the need to what did you think i was going to do you know and so then of course you're watching the last five minutes being like well i know something massive is going to happen now yeah 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 well uh i uh, my husband has finished the handmaid's tale ahead of me and we've both been on both sides of this but he has periodically sidled up to me to be like I don't think it's a spoiler to say but oh yeah no it's like just don't say yeah. it but I, I've done that loads of times too and we both then get really miffed when the other person's like it's like well it's not a spoiler I'm just saying it's really good in episode three so but what's what's the big deal with spoilers why don't you like them I think it depends and I think there are because I know some people who say they like to know what happens in things before it goes in or like it's just a different experience i suppose i think i think you want to allow a person to have like if they want to watch it knowing spoilers they can just watch it again you know so like i think you just give it to them on their own terms you know i think it depends on the show though as well like there's something like somebody could tell you with some shows like you you know with some shows like i I don't sorry i don't think it's spoiling anything but speed ahead if you haven't watched breaking bad like i don't think have you finished it well yeah yeah I was just doing. I was just pretending to be your husband. I do, I do, well, I do, but I think if you knew the ending of Breaking Bad, in a way, it's the only way it could end. Yeah. You know, like I, the, I think, I think, yeah, yeah. The 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 show. It's not going to be like, oh, then the cancer is cured and they all live happily ever after. Yeah. I mean, the writing is kind of on the wall for a lot of us, right? Yeah. What actually annoys me more, and obviously you can't blame people for this, is when before something has come out, people guess what will happen and you know they've guessed right and you're like like you know like yeah. i remember that when before the last harry potter book came out i remember a guy i was in school with saying no but like i reckon like harry's gonna be a horcrux because like voldemort killed his parents and so like and i was like oh don't say. and he was like no but like i don't know what happens i was like no but you're right like of course you're right but why are you <laughs> telling me, you know? yeah, yeah yeah it's like i went on on reddit after reading Game of Thrones and the, everyone was talking about who Jon Snow's uh, parents are. Oh, yeah. And I read it and was like, oh, oh, if I was a bit more intelligent, I just would have known <laughs> yeah. that. Well, I will say, I, the other thing is, I, I don't see anything coming. I don't see, like, not yeah, a single either. twist, you know? Like, I am and so I mean, I bad get at that. that. Like, 
okay, you know, there'll be particular twists. And even, sorry, when people say, oh, and there's a great twist, and you're like, oh, again. Dun, 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 like, yeah. But I don't see anything coming. And people will be like, well, obviously that bit was obvious. And I was like, nope, nope. You got to show and tell me everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the three of us might be a writer's dream in the sense that we, yeah, you know, like the twist is always a twist to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. 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 There was someone, a guy I knew who was a magician, and he said there were like th- three, uh, two or three different sorts of people that you're doing magic to. One person is just cynically trying to work out what you want to do mm. and just trying to catch you out. One person is another magician who is like, knows it. And the other person is the idiot who believes in magic. And that is 100% me every <laughs> me. time. I'm just like, whoa, that is my card. How did it get behind the bar? Whoa, you know? Yeah, I think, I think that's true, though. Like, probably when there's audiences who are just, who really just want to be entertained. Yeah. I, I, I think it depends, mm-hmm. like, if you're cynically watching something. Yeah, if, if I'm watching something that I really like and care about, I, I just, I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. I think it's also know? that we've got, we've got to a stage as well where, like, you know it's just to be the clever person who comments on something like you're you're watching a film or something it's almost like everyone has now wants to watch it so that they can speak as a critic would speak about it and it's like just sit down and watch the film you know like don't yeah so they can all say oh actually um albuquerque was like a a fifth character yeah yeah exactly (laughs) no it was it was the setting it was the fucking setting one thing I thought was very cute was when my parents watched Breaking Bad way after I'd been sobbing there for ages and they watched it and my mum was like I'd love if there was like a book club equivalent for after each episode I could talk to people about it and then Breaking Bad do you remember in the last season Netflix started doing a show that was Talking Bad I think it was mm. called and they would kind of get like celebrity guests so Julie Bowen was on an episode because she was a huge fan yeah. and they would discuss fan theories and I love that and I often it's not that I want to talk about things in a critical way I just want to dish no, about totally. what I've seen and when I was watching yeah. Game of Thrones to be honest and particularly during the, the weaker later seasons of it Sue Perkins used to host a show Thronecast afterwards and it was great it was so much fun every time and she'd have on yeah. like you'd have some celebrity on and then you'd have one of the actors from the show every week and you'd just have great crack talking about the episode you'd watched and whatever else. And I'd never watched the preview they had of the next week because I was like, no, this is just gas, you know? And is more than just watching a dark battle for an hour. Um, but just to get back, I suppose, to um, binge watching. So, I mean, if you, if you start Googling, there's a lot of kind of like the darker side of binge watching and that's so much of say, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon it's a bit like Instagram that it's primed to keep you on it and that the, it makes it so easy yeah. for you to drift from a oh, one more episode, one more episode and that it's actually having an impact on our sleep and our mood. Like, is that something that you guys have, have found? Hugh, I know it probably isn't for you because you, it's lights off at 10 PM for mm-hmm. you, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, I do get it, but I, I also just feel, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a problem just saying, no, I'll, I'll watch that episode tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's definitely affected. I de- it definitely affects me. But then potentially that's because that's more my personality. But I, th- I think it's something to do with phones and social media generally. That it's just like it, you, you want to. And I actually think I have more of a problem with like scrolling through Twitter or Instagram than I do with mm. Netflix or something. But that's because I don't really have Netflix on my phone. But then I was getting a flight recently, so I downloaded it. And since having it on my phone, I have just been a bit like, you know, just watching so much of the US office. And also I find myself not like discovering new things. Mm. And I don't know if that's just, (laughs) you know, I'm like, oh, I'm 30 now. I don't want to, I just want to look back and pretend everything was nice. I'm slowly becoming an old man. Before we, um, I suppose, move to to final uh, opinions, uh, what is your ideal TV setting scenario? So a new, 10 episodes something is released. Where are you watching it? What are you watching it with? What are you watching it on? Who are you watching it with? And what snacks will you be pairing with it? Snacks again. I'm not going to pair snacks with a TV show. I'm not a sommelier. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't bring snacks in to watch TV with, you know, I have to say I might yeah, get up either. and go and get something at some point, but I don't. I don't go in to watch TV with a bowl of crisps or with snacks of any. I don't do that at all. Yeah. No, neither do I, and I think that's probably a weird thing. But I'm gonna absolutely side mm. with you here and say snacks are weird. What are you talking about? Snacks. Prepare your snacks. We're not children. Oh my God, on you. guys. 
That's so sad and does not make for good, good light content for the listener. Are you pairing snacks like you're having some medieval canapes when you're watching Game yeah, of Thrones? Yeah, uh, 14 like? and 20 blackbirds baked in a pie, please. Because I can get into that, but really what you mean is, oh, I just want to have some Reese's Pieces whilst I watch TV, right? No, I, I'd, like, I'd, like a, I'd like a bowl of crisps, thank you, if anyone's asking. Yeah, but like what you... How, what's, I'm, I'm, I'm having a problem on you with the word yeah. pairing. Because it doesn't feel like you're pairing it with anything. It feels like you're just having a bowl of crisps, mate. Yeah, yeah. But so, so you're, so what I'm asking, so for your ideal TV watching, you're not having any sense. No, mate. No, because no. I'm a grown up. I have a plate okay. of stew. Or any drinks? <laughs> yeah, that's very Game of Thrones. A hot pot. I would like to do that. Like make the food. Like make some fried chicken for um, Breaking mm. Bad. And where, what are you watching it on? Are you going for like, like, uh, to, that's TV? actually the interesting thing. I don't watch anything on my laptop or anything. Like I watch stuff on TV, you know, um, I watch 90% of stuff I watch on my phone, like a gremlin. It's a very strange fact about me. Oh God. Like I would never watch TV on my phone. I don't think I ever have, you know, I love being a gremlin. And in fact, I have been known to sit on the sofa with my phone while there's a TV in the room. I will say that pre-iPhones, when it was still iPods with the little screen that took up half yeah. of the thing, yeah. you could put films on that. And I used to, I had Wedding Crashers <laughs> on that. And I watched Wedding Crashers on my phone several times. On my iPod, not even on my phone. <laughs> on a screen the size of like four postage stamps. Um, but it was great. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I've just remembered that there was a big a big TV moment for me was a, in, I may have actually told this on the podcast before, but in design technology class we did I did graphics and uh, graphics involved a lot of doing nothing. Yeah. And uh, Alice Alice Bogue who sat next to me had a, she was very good at working and doing <laughs> schoolwork and also had one of those iPods but it was like a creative edge and she said oh do you want to watch Lost on this because I'd never seen Lost. I watched the whole of Lost just in lesson time. <laughs> and I used to absolutely love coming to DT so I could just sit at the back well far away from the teacher and just watch. It does Lost. remind me of a thing, though, because I used to sometimes like I, I went through a long time. I just never went to the cinema, you know, and uh, I still I mean, I mm. don't go often, but um, but I'd watch lots of films. If I was on a plane, I'd be like, OK, well, here's my chance to catch up on films. But it always really annoyed me when people would say to me, Oh, but you can't, you sure you can't watch that on a, or when people say it's a film that has to be seen in the cinema, what that is a code word for me is it's a bad film, you know? So I'm like, if the film won't transfer <laughs> to TV, like if the only reason this is good is because it's big, you know? And like people are like, ah, no, but if you see Avatar in the cinema, or cinema, cinema, you see it in the <laughs> cinema. <laughs> in the cinema. No, see, so yeah, Avatar in the cinema. I remember I watched Interstellar on a plane, you know, and people were like, oh, that's ridiculous though. And I was like, I don't really care that it's set in this vast world no, of space. No, that's better. Watching you know? Interstellar closer to space, that's, that's fantastic. Point, actually, yeah. That's like pairing your snacks. <laughs> yeah, I'm pairing my transport. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd sit down. We now have a TV in our living room. And, you know, before that, I was often watching stuff on laptops. And now sitting down and watching the TV and we have an open plan, kitchen, living room. Things are going well. Uh, sometimes we turn the TV around and sit in the kitchen and watch it. I love that. Me and my girlfriend sitting having having a lovely vegetarian curry and watching watching some telly. That's yeah. nice. Well, how do you feel about TVs and bedrooms? Yeah, never had one. Don't want one. Bad. Don't like them. Think they're bad. Okay. I think I would never stop watching TV. Do you have one on you? Yeah. No, no. I. If only you had one, she would just use, her, use it to like reflect yeah. her phone screen or something. I right? think I would absolutely love it. And that's the problem. And therefore I could never be, I yeah. could never be allowed to yeah. have it. I think. And do you remember in school, like if people had one, I was always fascinated. Like the idea that my parents would ever have let me know, have a yeah. tiny television. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I mean, again, I'm it's sure mad, some of your friends in school, I'm sure some of their parents weren't terrible people, but it is irresponsible to put a television in your child's bedroom. Like, it's such a stupid thing to do. Yeah, and then, but yeah, people who have it, it's completely, they're like, but like, like they lived in little B&Bs and you had like a little, yeah, exactly. it was one of those TVs with a, with a VCR slot. It's in, it's in uh, a press. It's in a cupboard. Yeah. And there's a kettle. Yeah. I, I think you're either, I think you're either from a house where that's totally normal. Mm. 
or a house where it's totally not. Uh, but I mean, I remember like we, my dad used to borrow a VCR from work once a week and that was like a big marquee day oh, yeah. that the VCR was coming home. So the idea that I would have had a personal <laughs> It's like VCR when my dad there. used to have a video camera, but it was like, literally you, you put a VHS tape in the camera, you know, and it was up on your <laughs> shoulder. Like, was... <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah. Did, 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 would, would one of your siblings have to be the boom operator? Like it, <laughs> yeah, was a full, exactly. it was a full operation. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I, the TV in the room thing to me is, 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 is well, certainly for a child, is absolutely mm. wild. But, I mean, for an adult as well, it's probably not that advisable. But, yeah, I, I, and I would have loved it. As, would you not have loved it as a kid? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, kids are yeah. not always the best judges of what are good, what's good for them. Nor are adults. Yeah, but. I would have been... E- Eating exclusively ice cream and just watching TV and doing nothing else. Never. And that's my basically how I spent my adult life. The minute yeah. I've had any any yeah, yeah. yeah I was just... to do that. Uh, and then there was people who had like the full nine yards. They had like VCRs. They had Playstations. They had crazy. Like... Oh man, people had Playstations in their house. I couldn't believe it. Something I was absolutely fascinated by was people who had private phone lines. You know, like because I think I'd, I'd obviously read this in American books or something. The idea that some kids would have. Not a family like, that you would have your own phone in your room, a eh? but that it was that it was a separate line. No way. That was a big thing in the Babysitters Club. Claudia, one of the characters, had a phone okay, in her room. Okay, but it didn't happen it was, in Ireland it, then, did it? No, but I thought this was the the complete like this was really. I remember living. when I was in about fifth class, so in about nineteen ninety seven, Paul Cuff uh, got caller ID on his house phone. So if you rang him <laughs> up, he'd be like. Hello, Hugh. And I'm like, oh my God. It was wild. That is... Yeah, but now... Remember, that that was a thing when you had to, like, identify who you were and stuff. And now when you, like, get a phone call and it says, Hugh O'Connor, I go, hello? Yeah, and if it's a phone call and it says... And if it says no caller ID, I just don't answer, you know? Or a number I don't recognise, I don't answer. But but the reason that was so uh, alluring, the idea of having a separate phone line, was obviously that only like only one person in the house could be on the phone at any one time. So somebody would pick up and you'd hear your mother giving out to you, or you'd hear that. That's that's me doing the dial-up internet. Is that is that what your dad sounded like? What? He's a robot. You know the dial-up. If somebody was on the internet, in your house, it's just constantly. I was trying to do that. Well, how does it go? The dial-up internet sound. What are you doing? The dial-up internet sound. You know the. <laughs> this is definitely the worst bit of the podcast we've ever had. Uh, and yeah, uh, but you would hear that, and then somebody was on the internet, and the idea that you that only one person in the house could be doing the thing they wanted to do yeah. at one time is now. I think the biggest, life. the biggest jealous technology. The biggest being jealous of technology that I ever had as a kid was going to people's houses, and there weren't many of them who had ice machines in their fridge. Oh, I still get so excited when I see that at people's houses. It's unbelievable. It's like the coolest thing in the well, world. When my when my dad first got a mobile phone, which was like a massive family event, right? Because you could play Snake on it. Uh, he one day <laughs> he was in the bath, and my brother and I hid in the house with his phone, the mobile phone, and kept ringing the house phone. And so the house phone would ring and my dad, we'd hear him go, and then he'd get out of the bath, dry himself off, get to the house phone and we'd hang up, right? Before he answered. And then he'd, somebody get back into the bath and then we'd do it again and again. But the idea that you would slavishly be like, well, I because ha- that was what it was like in a house yeah. when you had to answer yeah. the house phone. Whereas now you'd obviously be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah or as we, well, we, when people, oh, how we when laughed. people would, and again, I only remember my grandmother doing this, but like, actually, maybe she just used, I think she used to pick it up and say O'Connor, but other people would pick it up and be like, 288-1764. <laughs> it's like, like they'd recite, yeah. I, no, I know the number. Like, that tells me nothing. Yeah, that, that's the thing I just dialed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of a big day as well, the day that you were sort of graduated to being allowed to answer the family house mm. phone, because for a long time, like there would have been no quest that I would have been, um, uh, but yeah, picking up the phone. But I remember someone in school got a back in the day when people called them camera phones, which was also a big area of moral panic when they were released. And genuinely, thirty of us gathered around to see 
that the phone could take yeah. photos. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. like when the first phone that had WAP on it. WAP! 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 Yeah! What, what was WAP? Like, what was different about it to the internet? Wireless access point, right? It was just you could your mobile phone could access the internet. But with the screen that you played Snake on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what, what, could you, what do people even use it for? Like, what... what? What could it possibly have been useful? I don't know, and it was also so expensive. Like I remember, like one yeah. one guy in my class had WAP on his phone, and then you know <laughs> someone took it off, and they were messing around with him. Then it comes back, and it's like he spent forty seven euro, you know. But yeah. oh, jeez, yeah, yeah. I remember that when when roaming charges were still oh, huge, yeah. and data was very much in its early stages, and a, like a friend of a friend's dad. Like came home from France and had a three thousand pound phone bill. Oh Again, my not God. not something I ever have to worry about because of my prepay phone. You know, the most they can do is run down my credit. You must be the last. <laughs> and then I'll have to ask my dad to buy me more. Does your dad buy your credit for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was making a joke on you. Will pretended it was funny. Oh, yeah, I, th- I thought on. you were you were um. You have to ask your 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 dad to buy you. Dad, I need some money for my WAP. <laughs> <laughs> but you still use WAP, by which I mean wireless access <laughs> protocol. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's doing this Zoom call using his uh, Nokia thirty two cent. I think we've covered all aspects of binge watching. We have, yeah, and now it's moved on to. Uh, Is that the noise? I genuinely every time you start, I think you're trying to sing a song. <laughs> I'm trying to do that. Hugh, can you edit in the actual sound to, just to com- hello, c- compare? That's Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we should. Or, well, well, what I would rather do is take Anya's sound and somehow make every dial-up internet in the world make that sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or we could use that as our ringtone. On that, on that jolly note, I guess we should move just to your final judgments. I mean, is binge watching uh, a necessary evil, or is it a is it a uh, a legitimate like? Yeah, I look. I like I say, I I, I love watching TV shows, and I will get through them. But I, I tend to watch them, you know, fairly relatively sedate pace. Um, so you still get through a season in a week or so. But I guess I do. I would never really do a sort of six episode watch. Um, that must cost a fortune on the WAP as well. Oh, I tell you what, it's mad. <laughs> but I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. And look, I do get to some extent, yes, we live in an instant gratification world and like, oh, you know, you can't be waiting a week for a show to come out. Do you know what, though? Whatever. That's fine. If that's how people can enjoy themselves <laughs> in a pretty relatively harmless way, I appreciate you say that it can have impacts on people's life, but I think people just have to take some responsibility for that, you know, and not just blame it on people providing content for them. Um, so, so is it a legitimate like? I'm getting there. <laughs> I Jesus Christ! Fonya's <laughs> 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 finally lost patience with my meandering strolls toward final judgment. It's the one part of the podcast where I can feel. I can just talk slowly in my nice low voice now. Brian says, well, well, what is it? Put down the phone. I need to make a call. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's a legitimate like there. I won't explain it any further. It's a legitimate like. I, I think in future we might just get you to post in your results. And I'll just post yeah. them online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Netflix. Yeah. Exactly. Will, it, no, it's, it's a legitimate funny. like for me. Okay. Um... I think, uh, <laughs> coming off the back of you saying that it, you know people need to take a bit of responsibility, uh, I think binge watching is the, um, the the core of all my problems. It, it's its fault and not mine. <laughs> and and I, I like the fact that like TV shows are made and released in a big batch, but I don't think it's a healthy way of consuming stuff. I think it's like part of a like an overload of information thing and i don't really it's sort of as easy to criticize and sit without providing on a a, i said it was easy but i've started to do the dial up in the middle um god every time we reference that we have to leave it in don't we um it's easy to stand on the sidelines and 
complain about it without offering an alternative and i don't have an alternative and you know i used to like sitting at home and, and waiting for desperate housewives to come on but then also like a lot of family life was orientated around the tv uh, which is a good thing sometimes a bad thing sometimes so i think there's probably a balance somewhere in between that needs to be found where you know we're not just sitting binging a whole series in a day on our phones and i'm saying this based on because it, i don't think it's very good for my brain and i have the personality that would just binge stuff and i tend to do it more with podcasts actually which you should too listen to this podcast like and subscribe rate and tell your friends so i'm gonna say that binge watching is not a legitimate like i think it's a bad thing to encourage and we should encourage a little bit more delayed gratification just like when the internet was dial-up and porn was hard to get in a blockbuster I do realise that I really talked more about the availability and streaming and stuff as being a legitimate like and said that I don't want to watch shows and people need to control themselves and not binge watch. So I'm wondering, obviously, if it's a one-all draw, it goes to Anya for uh, for a decider. Uh, so uh, actually, I'm not going to allow her to do that. I'm going to no! change my vote. And I'm going to say that binge watching is not a legitimate life because actually, yeah, I'm saying it's great to have TV, but no, it's the wrong way to watch a show. Just I'm not saying you have to wait oh a week, God. but you have to wait, wait a little while for it to settle in and watch one or two a night. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, it was like your pattern of behavior was like, you never, ever binge watch anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, it's great, actually. I think I was, I think I thought this show was actually about Netflix and streaming. But uh, yeah, so we'll but say it was, it was, it, it, like. it was kind of a, a holistic look at at the consumption of media. I think binge watching is very much just a kind of a byword for the way we, we live our lives, you know. And so you'd have agreed with mm. us, Sonia, would you, and say it's not a good uh, thing? Yeah, I love doing it, but in the way mm. that I love eating scampi fries, that they disgust me even as I'm doing it. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. it's it's not nice, and I yeah. can get very it's like, it's like eating twenty hash browns in a week. Yeah, I can get yeah. very immersed in it, and then I can get kind of down when when something is over because I've been on such a mm. high of being immersed yeah. in it. And I, I remember watching uh, The Man in the High Castle. I don't know if you've seen it. And after, I was genuinely so deflated because I'd gotten so immersed in this alternate history. And then suddenly you're back to your own life. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. good for you. It's not good for you. You should watch things in a, in a controlled fashion. I won't, but you should. But you should. Yeah, but you, you should mm. listen to this podcast in an incredibly uncontrolled oh, fashion. Oh, get right? amongst it. You should always have it plugged in. Yeah, yeah, yeah get yeah. on your WAP. That's it. That's it. It's done. It's over. L binge watching is no longer allowed. Binge listening, listening is encouraged, of course, only to this. Hugh, are you happy with the result? Yeah, absolutely. Even though I apparently wasn't sure until the very end what I was voting on. Yeah, I like to think I convinced you. I turned you around. I don't think that's happened in the final. Like, I don't think any of us have actually changed our judgment after the fact, have we? Uh, so I, it's the second time I've changed my vote, but the last time was because I didn't want Michael to win. So what that's that the on? other reason I changed on football very early okay. on. And to be fair, Michael, I think would say binge watching is the most efficient way of doing something. He would. I feel yeah. like he would be pro. Um, Onya, thanks so much for producing as always, and uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for you know being our binge watch, binge watch sort of guinea pig who's been binge watching for years just in preparation for this episode. Yeah, it's been. So now you can stop. Thank you, and I will. Well, I have to now. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you have mm. to. Yeah, because we can't do it yeah. anymore. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, like I said, if you like the podcast, please share it with your friends, tell everybody you know, and get in touch with us. Let us know what you'd like us to discuss and uh, have a lovely time. Goodbye, everybody. My name's Will. That's you. That's Anya. Goodbye forever. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.